0: At our church, Jesus is Lord. That single belief calls us together as a community and sends us into our world with hope and purpose. At our church, your past will never define your future. There's always redemption, which means there's always a brighter day. At our church, we don't think we're better than any other church out there. We're just doing our best to become our best. At our church, we want you to believe in God, but we also want you to know that God believes in you. We are not against people who don't attend church anywhere. Instead, we pursue them with love, the very same love that's pursuing us. At our church, we're learning to serve God with all our hearts, and we're learning to worship Him with all our lives. And if you're looking for the perfect church, we're not it. At our church, we will make mistakes, but we will choose to grow from them.
1: Good morning, everyone. Happy Sunday. If you guys are willing and able, um, just stand with us. We're going to start worship in just a few moments. Um, And I just want to open us up in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you with open arms, with open hearts. Help us to be respectful of this place. Help us to Give you our all today. We just want to worship you. And we come together as a congregation, as a family. And we just want to love you. God, help us to have a heart of receiving. Help us to um, be willing to hear your voice today. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. give you everything today. is your name today. members will be there to pray for you.
2: Got no green I'm on, but no green mic. Is it on? Use Use Jesse's. Stop it. It's not a Mac or a PC. The microphone.
3: Good? Okay. So today's Hebrew word of the day is simcha. Um, which is the word for um, joy or um, rejoicing or, like, gratitude. Or fun. Um, It's the closest I could get to fun. Um, So in Ecclesiastes 2, verse 26, or, well, 24 through 26, I decided there is nothing better than to enjoy food and drink and to find satisfaction in work. Then I realized that these pleasures are from the hand of God. For who can eat or enjoy anything apart from him? God gives wisdom, knowledge, and joy to those who please him. Uh, But if a sinner becomes wealthy, God takes the wealth away and gives it to those who please him. This, too, is meaningless, like chasing the wind. So you get a little splash of everything is vanity. Um, But what, um, what is being talked about in Ecclesiastes is this, Oh, like, Spring of life uh, from God um, the word Simcha comes from another word um, in Akkadian which is like an old like uh, Mesopotamian empire and that root word was the, the word for like sprouts, uh, like little plants um, so it's kind of like the, this idea of joy is like growing out of you from God and mm. um, very cool. So it's
2: simcha. All right, can you say it? Simcha. you got to get a little phlegm in the back of your throat. Simcha. Fun. Love it. As we prepare our hearts for communion, as we come to the table this morning, Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, For I pass unto you what I received from the Lord himself. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it into pieces and said, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Heavenly Father, we lift up these pieces of bread that we're about to to eat, and Lord, we ask that your anointing would rest on them, that your grace would be imparted to us as we are obedient to to reenact this meal. And Father, we pray that you would bring life and health. And and simcha to us today as we remember, as we we rejoice, you bring new life. In the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this in remembrance of me as often as you drink it. Every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. Father, we lift up these cups of juice, Lord, we ask that your healing, that your salvation, that your renewal would be applied to us, Lord, as we come to your table. As Nathaniel read in Ecclesiastes that we we are meant to enjoy life, it's supposed to bring new life to us. and. But there's nothing that brings us life more than the sacrifice that you made for us that holy week so long ago where you had this meal with your disciples and you reminded them, you encouraged them. This bread is my body. This cup is my blood. And that covenant that we make today and every weekend and every day to remind ourselves that you paid the ultimate price for us, and you will soon return. So Lord, we ask that you would be with us this morning as we celebrate communion with Simcha. In Jesus' name. Amen. Tables are open. Uh, it's also the time that you can bring your tithes and offerings. Um, and if you are a guest, we do have uh, friends uh, who haven't seen in quite a while. It's good to see the McRonald's here this morning. Welcome. Um, yeah. And we have the winners of the longest commute to church here with us this morning. Friends uh, Mark and Mary uh, drove all the way up from Corning to be with us. So if you were, if you were thinking your drive to church was long this morning, it wasn't. Um, and we're just honored that you guys are here. I, I was standing back by the kitchen. Took a bite of donut, and Terry was in the kitchen saying, There's new people, there's new people. I'm like, I have a mouthful of buttercream frosting. What do you want me to do? And I turn around the corner. I'm like, Those aren't new people. That's Mark and Mary. So it's awesome to have you guys with us. Um, Yeah, the tables are open. So much last week uh, for blessing us and surprising us with uh, that pastor appreciation and the, the gift. I'm excited for uh, being able to get away with Terry for a little bit and uh, it's okay. It's, Toby's in the middle of everything. It's just one of those things. Nothing. Love you kid. Good puppets up there. He's so humble. He's like he's the most humble person, right? The humblest. So well, I know they said wonderful things. It was it was a lot. It was a lot. Um, (laughs) So again, uh, I just want to say thank you so much for the blessing and the surprise last Sunday. Um, it's an honor and a privilege to serve as your pastor, uh, and just yeah, that was that was amazing. Thank you. A um, couple of announcements before we jump into this morning's message, uh, and and we're going to take some time to pray also. But um, this week is Holy Week, and this uh, w- next Sunday is Easter, so we're going to have our Easter brunch. Here during our worship experience, so it'll be a kind of a not a luncheon learn, but a brunch and learn, where uh, we'll have um, we'll have eggs and probably other things. And so please bring a breakfasty dish to pass for Easter Sunday breakfast. It is a family Sunday. Yeah, it's easier to do it as a family Sunday. You guys get a week off. And uh, yeah, so that's that's this coming Sunday is Easter. And uh, so that's going to be exciting. I want to, I'm going to talk about prayer in a little bit, but there is a prayer opportunity for us as a church, and I'm trying to get the details for it, and I don't have them yet. As soon as I have them, I'll send them to you. But this, it's Thursday, Friday-ish. I I don't know exactly. I think it starts on Thursday night and goes into Friday. There is a 24-hour prayer vigil you don't have to go for the whole 24 hours. You could go for a half an hour. You could go for 15 minutes. Um, it's at Cross Point Free Methodist Church, and Pastor Darlene has been doing this for the last few years. And it will start at some point in time, I believe on Maundy Thursday. And it will go into Holy Friday, into Black, uh, um, Good Friday. I'm confusing my Fridays. I'm like, I was going to say Black Friday, but it's not Black Friday, it's Good Friday. And it's a 24-hour period where the, the church at Cross Point will be open for 24 hours. There will be people there praying all through every hour of those 24 hours. So if you're a night owl and want to go pray at night, you can. If you um, want to just go for a little bit, you want to pray for a couple hours, it's, no, it's not a worship service necessarily. It's just come and pray. And we have a lot of things that we can be praying for especially in what's happening in our culture right around now. And so just uh, that open invitation has been extended to us from our brothers and sisters at Cross Point that if you would like to come and join them for prayer uh, in preparation for this Easter weekend, you are free to do that. Okay? The men's ministry, men's night, would normally be next Tuesday. Uh, no, this coming Tuesday, day after tomorrow. But because it's spring break and we are going to be out of town, Um, We've pushed it back to next Tuesday. So the men's night is not day after tomorrow. It's the Tuesday after Easter. And I think that's it for announcements. Am I missing anything? Walk for Life. Um, I'm going to also talk about this in a little bit in my message, but the uh, Compass Care Walk for Life, there's information on the back table. There has been a shift in the way Walk for Life works this year, Uh, Normally, they would do a combined, uh, big combination of everyone meeting in one location and walking in Buffalo and in Rochester and in Albany. And in light of the threats against the Compass Care community and the pro-life community, Compass Care has decided to decentralize the Walk for Life and ask churches and individuals and communities to hold your own walk for life that will not be announced so that it is protest proof. Uh, apparently last year there were prote- anti-pro-life uh, protesters that assaulted compass care uh, walkers, uh, employees, people who had um, compass care signs, and uh, when they were assaulted, the state police just stood by and watched it happen. Um And so to prevent that, especially in the culture that we're in right now with uh, the folks that are out there actively throwing death threats around at Compass Care employees and facilities, they didn't feel that it was safe to do an organized Walk for Life. And so if you're interested in LifeQuest participating in a Walk for Life that we would announce internally, we would not put it out on social media um, it would be at a location that we would let you know and a date and time. It doesn't have to be on the day that Compass Care normally does it. We can do whatever we want. It is a fundraiser. The intent is kind of like a walkathon. You would ask for people to help sponsor you, or you would just give a donation to Compass Care as just your own family gift. And uh, there's information on the back table. And if, if you would like to participate or you would like to help us facilitate a life quest, Walk for Life, Please see my aunt Cheryl and uh, we will when we have that information we'll get that out to our folks and I have an idea um, where we could host it and um, just as an incentive if you want to participate my uncle Bruce had a brilliant idea that wherever the Walk for Life ended that it all it should end at an ice cream place um, and I'm like I think I have a place so uh, we'll, we'll let you know uh, when that is, but if you're interested in participating in a, a Walk for Life, um, see, see Cheryl Ward, all right? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your presence here this morning, for your anointing. Lord, we ask that you would speak to us through your word and that you would empower us to be your hands and feet, that you would empower us to stand and to pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you have your Bibles, we are, it's kind of, uh, not awkward, but to, um, to, for it to be Palm Sunday and not technically preach a Palm Sunday message because I wanted to wrap up our series in Ephesians. Um, so if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Ephesians chapter 6. Good guess. I uh, I don't want that one. What do I want? There we go. Um, I had I had plans for this morning that um, I was going to. I'll tell the story. When I was a youth pastor, we did a whole series on putting on the whole armor of God. And I had a young man in my youth group named David who every week he would come forward and I would put a piece of the armor of God onto David. And we called him Combat Carl. And and so each week he would come and he would get the helmet of salvation. Uh, but I didn't want to do it in a Roman centurion because when Paul wrote Ephesians 6, he was thinking of a Roman centurion with with plate mail and a, and a shield and a sword and a, and a helmet with a plume when he talked about the helmet of salvation and the breastplate of righteousness. And I thought, well, what if Paul were writing Ephesians in the 21st century? He wouldn't be thinking of a Roman century and he'd be thinking of a modern soldier. And so we have a helmet of salvation and we have a breastplate of righteousness and we have a, a belt of truth and a shield of faith and a sword of the spirit and combat boots of the gospel of peace. And, and as we go into this, I'll tell the story ahead of time uh, before we jump into it. When, when you read this passage, it talks about all of these things, and they're all primarily defensive. They're protection, right? The breastplate of righteousness isn't an offensive weapon. It's a defensive weapon. The shield of faith is a defensive weapon. Uh, and my buddy at the police department in Dublin, Ohio, was able to hook me up with a Lexan police riot shield for the Shield of Faith. It was great. And, and so I had a character, one of my leaders, dressed up as the devil. And when we were talking about the Shield of Faith, uh, Adam jumped out of the back of the room dressed as the devil with a paintball gun loaded with red paintballs and, and started th- hurling accusations at Combat Carl And then combat Carl threw up the shield of faith and countered as these paintballs are splattering off of his shield in the middle of the chapel, the the truth from Scripture and who he is in Christ. It was so cool. But when you read through Ephesians chapter 6, it talks about standing in who you are and putting on the armor of God. And then the end of the chapter, it talks about, and after all of that, Pray. Pray in the power and in the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Pray and, and and that is the offensive weapon that we have as a follower of Jesus. These are all defensive, but the offensive weapons we have, well, the sword, the spirit, is an offensive weapon. But again, we're not going out and whacking people with our Bibles. Although some people accuse us of that, right? Because of being a Bible thumper. Um But the offensive weapon that we have is prayer, that when we pray, God moves. When we pray, God changes things. When we pray, God affects our lives and other people's lives. And so in my head, I'm thinking, well, what is the modern-day equivalent for our modern-day soldier for prayer? And I thought, well, probably Paul would have seen in our 21st century warrior the shotgun of prayer. And one of my Royal Ranger leaders, who was on the board uh, at our church, um, when I talked to him about this idea, said, "You know what, Pastor Rob, I I could load you up some blanks, and I'm and it would be perfectly safe. Yep, it would be perfectly safe. I'm like, are you sure? He goes, yeah, yeah, it would be great. And so in our small little chapel in Dublin, Ohio, as we concluded the series. Combat Carl came out with his 12-gauge shotgun, and discharged that shotgun in the chapel. Low ceilings, very loud, very stupid. Um, but those kids will never forget that message series, ever, ever. But I, I thought, uh, as we were, right? Yeah, it was it was a different time, the 90s. We did things in the 90s that you just can't do now. Um, but I felt like, uh, as I was, I was getting ready for this weekend, and I had Jesse at the house, um, especially in light of what's been going on in our community um, over the last few weeks of the, the bomb threats against our schools, and then the shooting last week in Nashville, that me standing here in a bulletproof vest and tactical gear was probably bad optics. And, and if this is going out onto our website for people to watch and see, that maybe that was not the thing that we want to be viral for, the pastor in tactical gear preaching on a Sunday morning. I think that was a good choice. Um, but when we think about what it is that God has given to us, that, that we have available to us, why? Why? Why this armor of God as a metaphor does Paul give us this passage? And so let's jump in. In Ephesians chapter 6, I'm going to start in verse 10. It says a final word, right? This is Paul wrapping up Ephesians. He says, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil for we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world against mighty powers in this dark world and against evil spirits in the heavenly places therefore put on every piece of God's armor able to resist the enemy in the time of evil then after the battle after smoke clears. You will still be standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all of these things, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And then verse 18, here comes the shotgun of prayer. Pray in the Spirit at all times, on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. Right? When you discharge a shotgun, if you have a load of of shot in there, there, it's a it's a, a a shell that has propellant and then a bunch of tungsten uh, uh, balls or they don't use lead anymore uh, but whatever they're made of and and when you shoot that shell it's discharged out of the barrel of your gun those balls disperse in a pattern they go everywhere prayer when we think about this not just that we're just blasting prayers but that that we are, are covering everything that we can think of. I, I remember as a kid when my Grandpa Braun would pray, and, and literally Grandpa would pray for everywhere, right? And, and we would be sitting down to have a meal, and Grandpa would be praying for the meal and for our pastor and for the neighbors and for the missionaries in Africa. Like he covered everywhere. Meanwhile, we're, star- we're starving, or we thought we were starving, waiting for Grandpa to finish, right? He understood praying in the Spirit at all times, persistent prayers for all believers everywhere. And pray for me to ask God, this is verse 19, ask God to give me the right words so that I can boldly explain God's mysterious plan, that the good news For Jews and Gentiles alike, I am in chains now, still preaching this message as God's ambassador. So pray that I will keep on speaking boldly for him as I should. And then he goes on and he wraps up the book of Ephesians as we conclude this series and and gives some encouragement, gives some instruction about some other folks, and and extends peace that, that the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ would give you love with faithfulness and may grace be eternally upon all who love our Lord Jesus Christ. This morning, um, we're just going to take a few moments and, and kind of unpack this, right? Why, why do you think he starts with the belt of truth? When he's talking about the whole thing, why does he start with the belt of truth? Anybody have any idea? Would, maybe this would be a little interactive. Will, why does he start with the belt of truth? It keeps everything together, literally keeps your pants from falling down. It's important. For the Roman centurion, the belt, not only well, he wasn't wearing pants, but the belt kept your tunic from going out of control. It, it held your sword, that your belt held the, the, the truth, and the word went together. Without the belt, the truth, then, then we're in trouble. I, I find it, I found it so fascinating. When we, I, I, we're in a, a Wednesday night Bible study um, called American Campfire Revival, and they were talking about um, Harvard, one of the oldest educational institutions in America. And the, the creed, the motto of Harvard University when it was founded was Christ and the church and truth. And at some point in the early eight, late 1800s, early 1900s, the president of Harvard said, Yeah, it's not about Christ and the church anymore. It's just truth. But if you were to visit Harvard in Boston and go to their campus, over the gates of Harvard, in stone, it says Christ and the church and truth. That that the truth and Christ are are inseparable. So it, it holds it everything, holds it all together. Yeah, absolutely. And then he talks about the breastplate of righteousness, right? So we have the, the the bulletproof vest of righteousness. Why is that important? What's it do for us? It protects your heart, right? That it, it protects my heart, my, my my soul, my being, my 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 emotions. Lord, help me to guard my heart with righteousness that i make right choices that i choose your your path of righteousness right so that i start out with truth because if i don't have truth my pants are going to fall down and i'm going to look like a fool and then lord help me to speak the truth help me to walk in truth then guard my heart with your righteousness and and then then what what's the next one talks about the shield of faith right that holding up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Now, again, this is this is a metal shield, but Paul was talking about a Roman centurion's shield, which was a wooden shield with leather over the over the front of it, and it was rectangular so that they could lock them in together. And when you when you see a Roman formation of Roman soldiers in the movies or whatever, they would be they could lock those shields together into a They called it a shield wall, and it was nearly impenetrable. And then they would, before battle, they would soak their shields in water so the leather was wet, so that when the enemy would launch fiery arrows, they would be extinguished upon contact with the wet leather swords or shields. And the shield of faith, again, that's when the enemy's launching his darts of lies and and his accusations and the you know you don't have what it takes or you're a fraud or you're you 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 can't even get your Bible reading together or you whatever the lies are. We say no. I I resist that in faith. I hold up the shield of faith that I believe the truth of what God says about me. Right. That's the shield of faith. What's next, teach? Put on salvation as your helmet. Why is, why is salvation a helmet to us? What do you think? Protect your mind? Why? Because where, where is the battle? It's in our mind, right? Because this battle that we're talking about, when we, when we started reading this in verses 10 and 11 and 12, are we fighting against actual people? No. We're fighting against spiritual authorities. We're fighting against the dark forces in this world. right? We're not putting on actual armor and going out and fighting people who disagree with us. But we are fighting against the dark forces of evil in this world that are twisting our culture, that are, that are lying to our kids, that are all of these voices of darkness that then want to attack us and say, you're not really safe. You're not really, you're not really a Christian. You're not really a child of God. And it protects our thoughts, our mind. And so we need to remind ourselves, I need to put salvation on. I am walking as a a saved, chosen child of God. Lord, every day put that helmet of salvation to guard my thoughts. Right? Belt of truth, breastplate of righteousness, shield of faith helmet of salvation, and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, right? And so Paul doesn't say quarterly put on the armor of God. He doesn't say on Sundays put on the armor of God, or at Easter and Christmas put on the armor of God. He says daily, every single day, we need to put all of this into effect. Lord, Protect my heart. Help me to speak the truth. Help me to, to have faith to block the darks of the enemy. Protect my thoughts. And, and then also, um, I, I miss the, gospel, the boots um, of the gospel of peace. The, for shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you'll be fully prepared. The, the Roman centurion had special sandals. The, the shoes of a Roman soldier were different than what other people wore, uh, especially because they took uh, metal studs and put them on the bottom of their their sandals so that their feet were protected and they had, uh, it's kind of like what Toby does at the beginning of track season. He gets out his running shoes and he screws spikes into the bottom of his shoes so that he can go anywhere he intends to go. He has traction, he has sure footing. So when we think about putting on the shoes of the gospel of peace, it means not only have I believed the gospel, but that every place I step, I bring the gospel with me, that I bring the good news to my coworkers and to my friends at school and to my neighbors. And and that peace, that, that I'm walking with sure footing, that I know that where I step, God is with me, that i don 't have to be afraid of what the enemy is going to do to me because I know I have the gospel of peace as I go and share my faith that 's beautiful isn 't it um, be, just as a, just even just as a complete i don't know that there's anything left out you 're totally covered uh, for the Roman centurion, their shield was probably about this tall and and so it pretty much covers every vital area of your body when you need to. If you need to drop it to the ground, you can drop it to the ground. You can pick it up. You can lock shields with your, with your other people uh, in battle. And those are all things that we can, again, not saying that we're going out to, to pick fights with people that we disagree with. But when our world has said that wrong is right, and that, our, that, that, that the things that they are doing to kids in our world, is, it's just wrong. We must be willing to stand up and say, I, I won't be silent. When we think about the walk for life, when we think about the, the plight of, of the unborn in our country, we can't just sit by and be silent. And it doesn't mean we're going to go fight the people that oppose Compass Care. But we will and we must take a stand and speak out for those who can. not We have a responsibility to do that. And we don't do it unprotected. Right? We have the whole armor of God. I, I was discouraged last week when I saw um, footage of the board meeting here in Hilton, that uh, parents were livid, that uh, there was a, an announcement uh, made that there was a third bomb scare. But it came at the end of the day after kids had already been allowed to go to school, and parents were mad, and parents were mad about the the reason supposedly that the uh, these very immature and foolish people have been falsely threatening our school district because of books that are in the library, whether they're there or they're not there. Um, But those kinds of books are in school libraries all over the country. Um, But that, the voice that I saw speaking out, now, now again, we have to take all of our truth from God's word, not from our culture not from what the media says is okay. What does the Bible say? What is the truth about who we are and who our kids are? And, and the only voice that was saying that those books shouldn't be in our libraries was a really irate, foul-mouthed adult, and he got removed from the meeting. And then the rest of the voices that were left were all of the tolerant voices and the open-minded voices. There has to be a voice for righteousness in our communities, in our school board meetings that can speak the truth in love to these things and, and not be that foul-mouthed, angry guy. That, that there were no voices that stood up for righteousness in truth, and in love. So, How do we stand? How do we pray? Do we we just quietly pretend like we have no responsibility? Or do we stand when we have the opportunity to stand? And do we attend board meetings that may make us feel uncomfortable, but at least... We're there as a voice of truth to show what what does a real Christian look like? Not the not the the angry, screaming, they would say, bigoted Christian looks like and sounds like. But what does a Christian who truly loves Jesus and truly loves others look like and sound like? That's who we need to be. In the armor of God, not walking into a board meeting dressed like this, that certainly would cause Alarm, um, But that spiritually, I'm covering my heart with righteousness. I'm, I'm, I'm holding everything together with the truth. I'm standing firm in my faith through the gospel of truth. My mind is protected by my salvation, and I have, I have prayed and will continue to pray as I sit in whatever meeting or I walk or I, I take a stand. For what is right in our community and in our nation. That makes sense. So I know uh, there have been a couple of people who have said, I want to start a a prayer group for moms in our community. I want to, what can we do? Um, I think the place that we start in all of this is prayer. And prayer is not the, well, we're just going to, we'll pray, and then Jesus. We'll take care of it. Paul doesn't, Paul doesn't tell the Christian soldier to pray and then hope that everything's okay. He starts with, stand firm in the battle against the forces of darkness. And when the smoke clears, that you, if you've got your armor on, will still be standing. And in all of that, we pray. Does that make sense? So, so in the coming weeks especially, we have opportunities to do that, to pray, to be a community of prayer, praying for our, our, for our schools, praying for our kids, praying for our families, praying for our nation. And, and so you're going to be hearing more opportunities. The first one is the, the 24 hours of prayer at Crosspoint. And then um, as the, the moms in prayer uh, probably will be at the gate Um, Praying for Hilton, and if if there's interest, that we would maybe do another one in in other communities, like Spencerport or uh, in Hamlin. Praying for our Brockport kids and our Ogden kids and our Churchville kids and our Parma kids. Praying is what is going to make the difference. And as we stand. This morning, I want to challenge you to stand and pray. Father, today, again, we, we, we reflect, we look back at that first Palm Sunday when you rode in to Jerusalem on a donkey and not a stallion, not a war horse, but you came in humility. Change things. Father, I pray that you would help us as your followers to, to gird ourselves with the truth, with integrity you would protect our hearts with righteousness. That you would help us to block the attacks of the enemy with faith in you. That we would have the, the, the peace of knowing that everywhere we step, you are bringing the gospel with us. That our thoughts would be protected by, by our knowledge and our confidence in our salvation. And that every day we would have the sword of the Spirit in our hands and in our hearts and in our minds. And then ultimately, Father, that we would pray at all times, everywhere, for our brothers and sisters in Christ here in this community at Cross Point Free Methodist, at Parma Christian Fellowship, at the Hilton United Methodist Church, at Hilton Baptist Church, at St. Leo's, out at St. George's. Father, that your anointing and your blessing would rest on our brothers in Christ here in this community, that your protection would be here as we stand and pray. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord grant you his favor and give you his peace. Blessings. Have a fantastic week. Uh, Pray for Jesse and Toby and I. Um, We are going to let the tear down folks tear everything down. Uh, We are literally getting in the car and driving to Florida right now. Um, Toby's got to be on campus tomorrow by three. So Southeastern. I don't think so. Oh, she's here. Oh, she came home for break. Okay, back here or there? And then she's flying back. Got it. Yeah, the kids. Huh? We'll, be, we'll be there. Yeah, the, Toby and Jess are both looking at Southeastern. And uh, so it kind of all changed at the last minute. Um, we'll, be, we'll be back for Easter Sunday. Um, but it's a whirlwind college visit. And uh, we, just, we, we didn't know that Southeastern had an aviation program. And we were trying to figure out how to send her to Spokane, Washington for aviation when Southeastern has one. And I can get to Southeastern in 19 hours versus 36 hours. Um, And I have family 20 minutes from campus. It it just makes a whole lot more sense. It's perfect. (laughs) Anyways, that's, and yeah, anyways. Private Conversations. It's, it's a good school. Blessings. Have a great week. Uh, have a great Holy Week. And uh, we will see you next Sunday for Easter Sunday.